Welcome back to another episode of The Silent Battle. I hope everyone is having a great week so far. Today is going to be such a great segment. Again, I'm your host, Erica Honeycutt, and today I will be interviewing Christy Mary from Chandler, Arizona. Christy has an autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's thyroidus disease. Today she is going to share her raw and candid story about her journey with Hashimoto's and how she manages her symptoms. Also, she will give us some tips, if she has any, on what may help you all out there to live life more easily as we battle our autoimmune diseases. Let's get started. Welcome, Christy. Thank you so much for being part of the Silent Battle podcast today. Hi, Erica. Thank you so much for having me. It is my pleasure. Christy, can you again tell our listeners the name of your autoimmune disease and share your story with us regarding when this autoimmune disease showed up in your life? I have Hashimoto's thyroiditis and it decided to show itself around Thanksgiving to Christmas time this past year, about six months ago. Mm-hmm. And it just started with not feeling so well and I thought I was busy, the hustle and bustle of the holiday season and there was a lot going on and felt like I just needed to sleep extra and you know maybe eat a little extra I wasn't taking very good care of myself and it caught up to me and it landed me in the ER a couple of times and the doctor's office and uh, we started kind of making a list and going through it and checking everything off till we discovered what was going on now can you share some more of your symptoms that you had in the beginning before you were diagnosed with Hashimoto's? Yeah, so I actually recognized that I would work Monday through Friday. Saturday, I would try to get all of the usual stuff done. And I was finding every Sunday I could hardly shower, I could hardly get out of bed, and I would spend all day sleeping and resting. And I found that very strange because I'm a pretty athletic person I like to do a lot of things I like to be in engaged in things Mm -hmm. and I'm interested in things and it was very strange that I felt like my body was kind of spending that day of recovery and um, I couldn't quite figure out why and I was trying to go to bed earlier and it just seemed no matter what I did it didn't help and, you're just very, very fatigued, sounds like. Yes, yes, extremely. And then I also found that I would get easily overwhelmed with things that would have never bothered me in the past. Mm-hmm. And I started turning to my husband a lot saying, can you help me with this? You know, can you help me do this? And he was always very willing, but he was kind of like, wow, this isn't like you. And mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm just exhausted. I can't do this. or I need your help and stuff. And one of the weird, weird things for me is I would feel like my fight or flight would turn on wow. and it would never turn off. And so it, it would turn on randomly. Like I would be at home eating lunch and all of a sudden I could feel it kind of kicking on and I thought oh why is this happening Mm -hmm. 
And then I would think, well, I have a system that's supposed to turn this off, you know, fight or flight is if you're in danger. And I wasn't, I was sitting in my home eating lunch and it would happen in the middle of the night. It would happen in the morning. And sometimes it would last a couple of hours. Sometimes it would last the entire day. And it was exhausting because I didn't know why it was doing it. I thought something is really malfunctioning. (laughs) This is not right for me. But I also had the usual brain fog and I also had the rapid heart rate. And uh, my doctor had me wear a heart monitor Mm -hmm. for 10 days. And um, I got a 24-page report from that heart monitor, and it provided me with so much valuable information. And when we got it back, both my doctor and I sat down and went, oh, my gosh, something is really off. And I had my worst reading on my heart monitor was 190 beats per minute. Oh, my goodness. Yep, and I sustained it for 52 seconds, and then my next worst reading was 153 beats per minute, and I sustained that for between 20 to 30 seconds. So initially, my doctor thought, okay, let's zone in on the heart. He was awesome, got me right into cardiology the next day, but my cardiologist is he is great as well but he said you have so many symptoms I feel it's more than just your heart but your heart is being affected so let's make sure it's okay so he did everything on his end for that and I am now on heart medication but it is keeping me right where I need to be and keeping me healthy so that is so good that you weren't just like passed off as if you were just having anxiety you know what I mean yes and I was fearful of that one of the times I went into the hospital I really was fearful of that someone saying well it's just anxiety right but deep down in my gut I felt you know my fight or flight is not turning off Mm -hmm. so systems are not working right and that is more than just an anxiety right you know and I, I really felt it was deeper than that. So, um, yeah, I, that was definitely my one of my number one concerns was, please do not pass me off. Yes. There's something wrong. Right. <laughs> I can hardly walk. I can hardly stay awake. Right. There's. I'm glad that you know that you that you um, you know you knew that there was something more to that, and and not just you know just. Um, like you knew it was something deeper so I'm glad that like I said that the doctors you know they they actually figured out what it was um you know because a lot of people um I say that sometimes they just get they'll say things like you know they'll give them a, a symptom and they'll just take it the doctor will take it and just run with it and they won't get to the root cause and so I'm really you know that's why I say I'm really glad that you know you had a really good cardiologist to to diagnose you or get you the answers that you were needing to to be diagnosed with Hashimoto's you know mm-hmm. yeah and um they were just very 
I see the cardiologist and endocrine every three months. They want to see me every three months for the year. And um, they're very good about what does your cardiologist say? What does endocrine say? Mm-hmm. And then I am giving them the, the messages or card cardiology said, you know, um, obviously you give them your medications and your dosage, but my cardiologist was thinking, okay, yep, that, that, that kind of sounds like it should be the right dosage for you. You know, my height, my weight and everything that goes into it. And so it's, it's good that they are trying to follow each other and And work together. Yeah. well yeah and it's a whole your body is a whole it's parts of a whole and so those parts need to work together to make me work absolutely yeah and how do you now that you know that you have Hashimoto's how do you manage your symptoms um various ways I do take my medications like I'm supposed to at certain times of the day and I follow my regimen that both cardiology and endocrine have for me. And in addition to that, I have added some supplements and I have worked on my diet. I've followed a very close, fairly close diet most of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I've played a lot of sports and I coach my kids as sports teams and I'm very involved like that. and. I work out routinely, so I followed a good regimen, but I have modified it Mm -hmm. to help the Hashimoto's increasing more vegetables than what I was having, more protein than what I was having. So I've definitely followed it very closely. I also have um, started going to physical therapy. that has helped with my neck because I had a lot of neck discomfort Mm -hmm. and it's just my muscles are very tense and um when I was having those fight or flight moments um they think that that was sort of like a thyroid um uh like a oh gosh I can't think of the word um I was like a thyroid surge where it was just dumping a lot of hormones at one time and making me tense, which was that fight or flight feeling. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to just loosen me back up again and to remind myself, like, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm getting back to healthy again and stuff. So it has helped a lot with the neck discomfort. And I go for my routine walks every day. So, yeah, a little little bit of everything helps. (laughs) Well, has it been hard for you to adjust to taking medications for, um, you know, the disease? Uh, Yes and no. I say yes because with the thyroid medication, you know, you can't have certain vitamins within four hours of having the thyroid medication. You know, I cannot take my heart medication with the thyroid medication. So I have set alarms on my phone that Mm -hmm. continuously go off throughout the day. They're set at certain times. 
and uh, my doctors helped me with that. So endocrine helped me with the time of day in the morning to take it. Then my heart doctor told me next when I could take the heart medication, then when a good time is for the vitamins and supplements. Okay. So finding, setting the alarms on my phone really help. I do find I don't need them as much as today as I did, you know, two months ago. Yes. But I still keep them on. I it's it's important to me. And sometimes now, at least I can look at my phone and say, oh, I took those. And so even if it's not reminding me to take it, now it's just reminding me, did you take it? <laughs> yes, I can. I completely understand. I'm going. You know, I was someone before I got sick, you know, I didn't, I wasn't on any medications. And so it was really hard for me to adjust to taking all the medications that I take for my autoimmune disease. Um, because, you know, when you go from not taking any to taking, you know, several, that that can be um, definitely an adjustment. <laughs> um, so I, like you said, set reminders on my phone and um, you know, invested in a pill box and, and all of that at first. Cause I know that, um, you know, when you first get started on those medications, sometimes it can be, like I said, quite an adjustment. Yes, yes, for sure. And same, um, as you, I had not taken very many, many medications either, but, um, Yes, it does take some adjusting, and initially in the beginning, yes, you know, with the thyroid medication, it's like, oh, you can start feeling effects from two weeks to, you know, a month or two, till you start feeling better, and so, also being in the mindset of, okay, I'm taking this, and I may not feel it now, but I'm going to. Right. I'm going to feel this medication. It might be two weeks, but... <laughs> You know, just staying straight on the road and knowing that this will pay off. I yeah. just may not feel it right now. Yes, absolutely. You have to give it a chance, you know, to to work. And so I like the fact that, you know, you say that because that is so, so important to try to keep a positive mindset about it. Have you had to make some adjustments to your daily routine because of Hashimoto's disease due to it affecting you physically? I have made some adjustments, yes. Initially, everything was an adjustment because I could hardly get off the couch. Mm -hmm. uh, over time, um, as I would go to all my doctor's appointments, I did find that I would schedule them um, after a meal so that I knew leaving the house, I had just had a full meal and either my medication or vitamins with that meal. So I felt, I think in my mind, more prepared to leave the house for a little bit, mm -hmm. knowing I had all this nutrition on board and I felt, you know, good. I had my water. I always carry my Propel with me. Um, I like it because it's not, there's no sugar, but it helps with the electrolytes. So I carry both of those and I always made sure that when I scheduled an appointment, I scheduled it after a meal. And now fast forwarding mm -hmm. to now, I find I'm more flexible with when I do appointments. And if I have to carry my food with me, then I do. Or if I haven't 
eaten out in a while. Um, my mom has been with me mm-hmm. when my husband's had to work. So there's been a couple times she'll challenge me and say, okay, you've been eating at home. Now let's find a restaurant that works for you. You know, and so it becomes kind of a challenge, like, okay, we'll go to this appointment, and then we'll grab some lunch together, and what's near there, and what what food do they have that works for me? So it's been, it's kind of turning into a little bit of a challenge now, which is good, because I feel like I've got to push myself right. when I'm comfortable enough, then I push myself a tiny bit for something new. And then I let myself be comfortable for a while. What challenges have you faced, not only physically, but mentally, since you were diagnosed? Um, mentally, I would say the biggest challenges I had, one of them was I didn't want to be left alone. And it sounds very strange it sounds very off the wall I think but it took me a long time to trust my body again and Mm -hmm. so I felt if I had someone with me all the time they could help me if I couldn't help me right and so and that actually (laughs) that person Or in the emotions. <laughs> it's okay. Take your time. Oh, those darn Hashimoto's emotions. <laughs> um, Take your time. That person's been my mom. <laughs> um and my husband my mom and my husband but they were with me for all of my appointments and everything I had to go through and blood draws and you know scans and MRIs and all of that and just um, realizing like okay this person's here with me but I need to do things. So my mom is here with me, but I need to get up and make my lunch. And she would say, okay, I helped you with breakfast, but, you know, you can do lunch and I'll help you. And the biggest thing for me was was meals because um, for me, I had a little bit of vertigo. And I think that was why I liked having someone with me was... The kitchen was very difficult when you have to go to your stove and go to your fridge and go cut something on the counter and put it on the frying pan and all of those little short small motions Mm -hmm. would make me dizzy and so if I kept going forwards and backwards it would help me so I would stand at the fridge and I would get everything I needed take it to the counter mm-hmm. so I was always facing one way so that was well physical and mental because I knew I could do it I just needed to do it on my timing which right. was slow so um, those things were definitely on the mental side 
but fast forward now a couple of months I don't have those problems so you know I'm proud I'm proud of my body for you know it's fixing you should be very proud what I said you should be very proud yeah and so things have gotten you know easier so both physically and mentally so um, it's just been great to have that help, but I, I do go to therapy, um, more talk therapy than anything, because more of I've got a slight PTSD from the beginning of this where I knew I needed help, but they didn't know what help to give me. You know, because you got to go through all the symptoms and the appointments to see what's going on. And I'm just working through those. And like I said, that's all really starting to go away. So everything's going in the right direction. I'm so glad, you know. And sometimes you just have to take it one day at a time. And you will get there. Um, Just don't give up. Um, That's the main thing is to is to keep fighting and not give up and you know you talked a lot about your your mom and um your husband so it sounds like you have an amazing support system that was going to be about my next question um you know how has your family had to adjust to you having um Hashimoto's disease and I always ask this question because it's it's not just about us with the disease learning to adjust but our families have to as well right and I think for a a mom I have two children a son and a daughter Mm -hmm. and my daughter's in college my son's a teenager they're very fully capable and busy on their own but I do think as a mom you know um, (laughs) the family looks to you (laughs) They look to you to fix things and clean things and cook things or, you know, to help or to drive them somewhere. And sometimes when you're like, um, I can't, I'm really tired or, (laughs) you know, I can't do this right now, but I could in, you know, a short amount of time, they're adjusting to like, well, why not? You've always done it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, my, my son's really good. He, uh, he's always with me going places and helping me with things. And, uh, he always says, mom, you good? Mom, you good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know he's kind of mentally checking on that, you know, everything's okay. He's a pretty intuitive person. So that's uh, really pays, sweet. Yeah. He pays attention to the little things. So when I started getting off the couch more and doing more, he'll say, Oh, mom, you good? Yeah, I could tell. You haven't been on the couch yet today. (laughs) You know, or, yo, you were able to eat lunch or dinner and stuff. And my husband, he's been great. Um, We actually have had to modify our diets a little bit for him anyway because he has celiac. And so the food part of it was something I had already kind of looked at um but for me I've got to make some different modifications but he was um 
kind of taken at the beginning like oh this is this is soon to be something we've got to manage like this does not go away right this is a managing thing and I said yep just like your celiac it's a managing thing and um he's he's been really supportive he did a lot of reading on his own about it so he helped me um to where I didn't have to explain a lot he could he could understand enough where he could say oh like a couple times he would come home from work and my throat would be kind of rough Mm -hmm. um at that small patch for a few weeks where my throat was rough and then it cleared up and went away and he said oh I read that that can happen and stuff so it was nice to have him the fact somewhat that, understanding yeah the fact that he's so he he's so understanding and you know he was so present um, wanting to know, you know, reaching out and doing the education for himself, you know, that's, um, that's really wonderful. Yeah, he said definitely t- there's been some times he's come home from work and he's, you know, like, well, what are we having for dinner? You know, let me guess, meat, vegetable, and a fruit. <laughs> you know, I said, yep, and, you know, a little bit of rice here or, you know, a little piece of toast, whatever, gluten-free toast and stuff. And then he'll say, do you mind if I add in? And I'll say, no, just let me scoop out mine first and you do what you want. <laughs> so, I'm like, no, it works fine. And, and it has helped my son, too, like, in terms of, He's a pretty good eater as a teenager. They eat anything and everything. They're mm-hmm. always hungry. <laughs> and, yeah, um, he's pretty good about being willing to try something and try some things he hasn't had. And I always tell him, one bite, but you don't have to finish it, but at least try a bite. And if he says no, I said, look, you at least try to bite. Now you know. You like it or you don't. And then he'll find, oh, mom, wow, I do like this. And he'll eat the whole plate full. So I said, well, you wouldn't have known if you wouldn't have just tried a bite. So well, he's been a trooper. That's awesome. It sounds like you have, like I said, a wonderful uh, family support system. So, you know, and that's definitely what we need um, when we're battling um, these illnesses. We need our families. We need our friends are there you know you guys are our support system and you know we 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 can we can't do it without you guys so we're very thankful when we have great support systems um what do yes, you one hundred percent oh i'm sorry i said yes 100 percent. we <laughs> cannot do it alone at all <laughs> no um no we can't so what do you think is most important um, for our listeners that are battling their autoimmune diseases to know? Um, you know, I think there's a couple of important things. Um, I do have a couple of friends that also have Hashimoto's, and it's been very interesting when I talk with them about how it has treated all of us differently. You know, I have one friend with Hashimoto's that she has lost her eyebrows and a lot of her hair. Mm-hmm. And I have not lost any of my hair at all. 
Um, I am on heart medication. She is not on heart medication. And so the fact that other than some of her hair loss, we may look like normal people and we look like we're doing well and, you know, we're healthy and up and walking around. But it doesn't mean that in the back of our minds, we really want to go home and take a nap (laughs) or, you know, we really just want to sit down and cry and not do anything for the next hour and stuff. And it's, you know, those things are okay to do. And I have done them and I feel so much better after it. And it's just crazy how it can just be different to everybody. Um, I do know too that like, I'm a very open person. I like to seek out a bunch of different info and advice from people. Mm -hmm. And I like talking with some people because I feel like you, there's something to learn from everybody. Even if it's the smallest thing, I was talking with a gal about drinking lemon water instead of coffee. And she was like, Oh, I think I might give that a try. And it was like, okay, do what works for you, you know? And Mm -hmm. he had advice for me and something I would have never even thought of. And it's just amazing how you can get to get through things with talking with people and trying to figure out, you know, how each person handles different things. Um, I do try and keep the mentality that, you know, I am not done. I've got things to do. I have people to meet and I have great wonders of the world to witness. And I am going to take care of me so that I can do the best that I can with what I've got and keep powering through, you know? Yes. So I think, I think there's a way that an important thing is, is we can live, live peacefully together, me and Hashimoto's. And how is that peace going to look? Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I love your, you know, the, your mindset about it. Um, like you said, you know, you have your days where you may lay on the couch and you may cry, but you don't just stay stuck there. That's the thing. You choose to, okay, yeah, you have your moment, but you choose to pick yourself back up and move forward. And, um, you know, that's what's most important, that you don't let these illnesses win. Um, that you are still, um, that you realize that you're still in control. Um, so most definitely, you know, I, I definitely applaud you for, you know, your, the way you, the way that you are handling Hashimoto's with such grace. Oh, thank you, Erica. I appreciate that. It's, you know, you just got to try every day and I, I, you know, I'm only in my early 40s, and it's just too bad, you know, that you're kind of hearing more and more about autoimmune diseases with people and different struggles that people, you know, have to face. And I know that mine is not a very, I mean, it's a large struggle, but there are larger struggles out there. 
and um, I think people can could use you know good friends to talk to good podcasts to listen to you know great information from people that you never know again back it's going to be that one conversation or that one meeting with somebody that is like oh I tried that one thing that kind of made me feel better today so I'll try it again tomorrow absolutely it's all parts of the whole and work on each part and you know try and make your whole at peace the best the best way that it can be absolutely I couldn't agree more um do you have anything else to share or add to today's segment um well let's see here gosh we covered a lot we Um, did cover a lot (laughs) yeah I mean there's always going to be hardships that are always present in our lives whether it's an autoimmune disease or you know even something that's not disease related or in our bodies and um, that we're going to have to power through and you know it's kind of that mantra of there's going to be better days it's there's got to be a better day right you know and with Hashimoto's and with some of the other autoimmune diseases you do have highs and lows and you work through each of those and I do find I have more better days than bad days now and um, I just keep thinking well there must be things that I'm doing that are working that are getting me here so I'm just going to keep doing that and I'm going to keep working with my doctors and I have read a lot of Hashimoto's books and um, I do make a point every week to reach out to five of my friends. So I guess maybe once a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to reach out to friends or five people. Maybe I haven't spoken to a, a while. And I'll just send them a brief text of, hi, how are you today? Just checking in on you, friend. And, you know, it's you get those uh, responses back like wow oh thanks for texting me you know and you're like oh and you're smiling and you're like oh I did that great one thing for today yes (laughs) you know and so just finding things that help bring joy and peace and um you know all of that um one also one thing that I do in my house that has really helped me especially when I tend to be more forgetful um, or, you know, when you can't find that one word that you keep reaching for. Um, I keep notepads around my house or little sticky notes, like on my bed tape, bedside table, or I keep one in my kitchen. I keep one on my couch table with a pin, and it's like, when I have that aha moment or oh that's what I was thinking of I can just easily quick reach over and kind of jot it down and then at the end of the day I try to kind of go back and read it and it helps me remember and it's helping my brain keep going and I'm not trying to find a piece of paper I just kind of keep those little notepads around and right easy access to write down or if I'm starting a grocery list or I knew I needed to go to Target but I really can't remember why I was going there (laughs) (laughs) you know those little things so 
Right. Well, Christy, again, I appreciate you so much for coming on here today with me and allowing me to interview you. It was such a pleasure talking to you, and I know this interview really educated and helped a lot of listeners out there. Well, good. I hope so. I hope, you know, just we're all in this. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, no matter what autoimmune disease it is, and hopefully something will reach out to that one person and the best I could do is share my story and hope that you know the next person is able to have some help and guidance and inspiration and you know they pass it on to the next person just keep it going yes and I I think you know like I said I really think um, your story will really educate and help so many people out there um so i'm really grateful for you today um remember if you out there have any questions or comments please email me at the silent battle 2022 at gmail.com again it's the silent battle 2022 at gmail.com and always remember life is tough but so are you Everyone have a great rest of the day. Thanks again, Christy. Thank you, Erica. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, my pleasure.